Welcome to Operation Serial. Each week, we will discuss a cartoon of our choice and decide if we want to see it through or try something new. I'm Ryan Persaud. I'm Jennifer Uncle. Ready? Ready? Go! Episode one, Operation Serial. We are here to discuss Code Lyoko. That's uh, right. The... Things have finally gotten serial. <sighs> You've been waiting all day for that one. Yeah, basically. We're discussing the first two episodes of Code Lyoko, episode one, which is called Teddy Godzilla, uh, and episode two, which is called Seeing is Believing. Um, to set this up, Code Lyoko is a cartoon, uh, originally from France. Uh, let me look up the air date. I believe it aired in, I mean, it's very 2000s. Yeah, and it went by a different name, too, when it was in France. Did it? Well, it started as something else, and then it turned into Code Lyoko. Because there's a version of the Kolioko theme in French, which is, it fits a lot better when you hear it. Um, air date uh, was in 2003. And you can tell, because... Alright, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the art style in this show? It's a lot of forehead <laughs> like uh <laughs> characters have all have these massive massive foreheads and a little bit of hair near the top but there's nothing to obscure or cover their massive foreheads yeah it's just a bunch of forehead i feel like they part of me feels like they made the 3d part first and they were like okay how do we adapt this to 2d and the answer was like giant foreheads okay so it looks like code lyoko was originally a short film called garage kids with all the same with most of the same characters and uh okay yeah all right garage kids that's weird. I I imagine the pilot must have been different because they don't go in a garage. Here in my garage. Yeah, they change things a bit. There also seems to be a weird rat character in the promo image. <laughs> what? Uh, that's hanging out in Odd's backpack. But Odd is like a cat. I, hmm. Anyway... Uh, let's set up the character. Let's set up the characters. So we have, we have Ulrich. Ulrich is a guy. Um, there's not really a lot of characterization with Ulrich. He's just kind of a dude. We are meant to believe that he is like a heartthrob, at least in the first episode, because everybody wants to take him to prom. But there's not a lot to him. He's just kind of a dude. Well, not everyone wants to take him to prom. I guess most of the female Three characters, characters want yeah. to take him to prom. <laughs> True. <laughs> You're in high school. That doesn't happen. Uh, 
There's also Jeremy, who's the computer whiz. Jeremy, yes, Jeremy is like the nerd. He's on his computer. He's like interacting with... So, uh, we should back up. Okay. Code Lyoko is a show in which there are two art styles. There is a like 2D art style in like the actual world, and then there's a 3D art style in the video game world. Um, and when shit goes down in 2D world, they go into the video game world and uh, try to solve the problems um, because uh, a lot of the stuff that goes down is like supernatural stuff that is caused by, I think it's Xena, which is like no really explanation <laughs> other than they're evil and want to destroy real life. Yeah, in this first episode, they go through a whole... Like, you can see that they have a whole routine going down, and they explain none of it. Like, when no. they start to get suspicious, they go to the sewers where they all have neatly lined up skateboards and scooters. Apparently, no one's ever been down to the sewers to clear those out or take them away. It's like a, a, a three-minute sequence of them riding from the, through it's the sewers. It's so elaborate because they like go to the sewers, and then they climb up, and then they cross a bridge, and then they go to like this warehouse, and then they go down an elevator <laughs> to get to like the video game. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, as yeah. soon as they... Apparently, the other big part of this series is whenever they actually solve the problem at the last minute... They have some sort of program that allows them to rewind time itself back to a previous yeah. section. So, like, all right, let's go back to characters. Um, let's just finish off the real world characters. We have uh, Yumi, which is like basically there's like two friend groups here. There's like the good friend group and then like the bad friend group. Um, Yumi is like the the girl that's in the good friend group. Um, also not a lot of characterization so far other than her and, uh, and Ulrich are dating, it seems like. Um, so yeah, she's part of the friend group as well. There's Odd, who goes into the game world in the first episode. Uh, they have a distinct hairstyle. It's like, uh, it's like, a, it's like a Saiyan sort of hairdo with like a purple fluff in the middle um yeah and when and... You, when you say middle it's very much like right in the middle in a place where it makes no sense like it's not done as a streak or anything like that it's just a small it looks like a gem in his hair basically yeah. um he's from steven universe basically no <laughs> please um but like so, also not a lot of I'm This show is very fast-paced, and there's not a lot of character development so far. Odd, we know, as, like, the dude who goes into video games and then turns into a furry. Like, yeah. he, like he, he has, like, he, when he goes into the game world, he has, like, all, like he, he's the only person who has this. He goes into the game world, and he just has a tail, and has, like, a, like a cat, like hands and is able to like move around like a cat nobody else in the show has this just odd yeah well all of them seem to have digital forms like Ulrich has this ninja okay. getup that he gets into sure but everybody else's form is just like appropriating asian culture odd is just a cat 
<laughs> True. <laughs> a cat that shoots laser arrows from his paws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The arrows. Right. I forgot. How? Mm. Okay. <laughs> he always um, specifically yells, and then, laser arrows. Ah, when he shoots them. Yeah. No, this is a show where they yell the moves when they do them, and it makes it really, like, anticlimactic. <laughs> um, and then to round out the group, we have Alita, uh, which is a character in the game world. It was only in the game world so far. Um, who is... She is a video game girl who they are trying to materialize in the real world. Because uh, her, she and Jeremy are in love, and Jeremy is trying to bring her out <laughs> of the game world so they can be together. It's weird. Yeah, to the point where his first question always seems to be whenever he meets someone who... Has a science background. Could you help me get my girlfriend into real life? Yeah. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, we should we should go into Teddy Godzilla. Um, so basically the plot of the episode is that uh, they're getting ready for the prom. And there's these other group of like younger kids. Uh, the only one that really matters is the one who's named Millie, um, who is like who runs the like news, like <laughs> video stuff for the school. Yeah, she says it's news, but it's more like TMZ, really. Well, yeah, this is what confused me is that they like they act like they're gonna film the prom like while they're setting it up, but then they say like it's restricted. It'd be even though it's just the gym. Yeah, and it seems to only be students that are actually in there. There's no authority figure hanging around stopping yeah, people. Yeah. Um, and the people who are there are our friend group. Uh, and Millie apparently has a crush on Ulrich. Uh, and she asks Ulrich out to the prom. And Ulrich was like, no, I'm going with... Uh, with Umi because we're dating um and then Millie gets bullied and then leaves uh, she gets bullied by like the bad group uh, of characters uh, and then she leaves um she has like a teddy bear and she like complains to the teddy bear and then the, the teddy bear gets powers and then gr grows gigantic and threatens the city yeah, um, and... this Kanye West-looking teddy bear, like the yep. the teddy bear from graduation and all that, which has no, as far as I can tell, any sort of chips to it or any electronic bits. Basically, Millie's yelling near her computer, I hate everyone, I hate everything, <laughs> and somehow that allows... Actually, it doesn't even possess it from the computer, there, she brings the teddy bear to a shed where she's crying, right. and when she leaves, so a hand reaches out from the light bulb and turns the teddy bear evil. So, first off, I I sort of thought I knew what was happening because I thought, oh, this is a computer program that hears when people say I hate things and then possesses something nearby. But no, it gets possessed from the light bulb. There's very little sense of 
what this villain is or what kind of control they have. Are they just, do they just control everything or? I don't know. In the second episode, it makes more sense because you could, there's electronics involved. This is just a teddy. (laughs) Maybe the teddy bear has like batteries and stuff in it. Maybe it talks. I should have probably made it talk then during the episode at some point to establish, oh yeah, it has some sort of electronic thing in it that this monster can grasp onto. But, I don't know. Um, Cinema Sin. (laughs) Um, We are introduced to the gym teacher, whose name is Jim. Yeah. Jim yells at Millie because she's she's in the shed, which is awful limits, I guess. Um, Millie's whole thing is like, you know, only the big kids can do stuff. Us young kids don't have that many freedoms, and we're bullied all the time. Um, and then the gym teacher sees the giant teddy bear and freaks out. Uh, he goes to the principal, who doesn't believe him. Um... Jim is pretty good. Jim's okay. Yeah, in terms of the adult figure who is kind of a dunce and gets in everyone's way, he's he does an okay job at that. Yeah. Uh, the B-plot of this episode is just the video game stuff. It's introducing Alita and Jeremy being like, I'm going to bring you out one day. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, and also when the teddy bear ends up attacking, well, once the teddy bear ends up attacking, what's the name of the bully girl again? Uh, the bully girl is, is it Elizabeth. Mm, it does not make clear here. Okay, I feel like I, yeah. I don't remember. There is there is a girl who looks like Yumi, but isn't Yumi, who is just mean. Yeah, and when she runs out of her room crying because something clearly attacked her room with claws, uh, Millie's first reaction is to start taking videos and photos of her saying, Oh, this is going to be a super scoop. This girl crying yeah. because she got attacked. This is so good. So... Immediately, you, you're not feeling very sorry for Millie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're supposed to, because, like, she, she's supposed to be the evil girl. So, I don't know. Yeah, but even then, after, after they end up fixing things in the nick of time, and Ulrich says yes to Millie... She still films the older girl well, getting you're upset. You're skipping ahead. You're skipping ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, we can cut that if you want. This show is weirdly horny. Yeah. For you some sp- reason. You spend a lot of time looking at the bully girl in her underwear. Well, both. Like, her and Yumi both have scenes... Well, Yumi is like a David Cage thing where, like, she gets out of a bathtub and then puts on her clothes. Or, like, she's in a towel and then it gets... It's really weird, and I don't understand why they included that stuff in it. Um, And then everybody blushes when they talk to people they have crushes on or whatever. Like a weird anime. 
Yeah, I suppose you could say it's like an anime. It is very... Look. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, no. Um, they destroy the teddy bear. Well, there's the prom happens, and during the prom, Ul- Ulrich is like, the teddy bear is going to destroy everything, and people laugh at him, and then the teddy bear comes, uh, and then... They defeat it by going into the game world, and Alita is the one who, like, climbs into a tower. They have to go to a tower to shut everything down, and so Alita goes into a tower and does that. Enters Code Lyoko, um, and everything is back to normal, and they rewind time. Back to when Millie asks uh, Ulrich to the prom. Ulrich says yes. I don't know why. Like, I think the idea behind the time mechanics is they have to find the point where things turn for the worse and change things to make people's lives better. So in this case, it's like, oh, yeah, here's this little kid that will humor for a while to make her feel better. And that's a nice thing to do because it's clear that it's clear that him and his older girlfriend are still into each other and totally supportive of making this little girl's day, so that's whatever. But then the little girl turns around and starts filming the older girl having a tantrum and being like, oh yeah, this will be good material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I also think it's weird, like, I don't know, like, why do they have such a big age difference? Like, what is the age difference? What is the school? Yeah, the school seems like a... Like it's not a it's not a high school because they have like rooms. It's clearly a boarding school of some sort. The boarding school, but then there's a huge age difference between Millie and the rest of the crew. I can see that different grades all brought together within this one school, even though the school itself doesn't seem nearly big enough to accommodate that sort of difference. Yeah, but she's like, we're so young and all the older kids can do what they want. It's like, how old are you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, take this, like, a six-year-old to a prom. Like, why? (laughs) She didn't seem six, but yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. That just was weird. It was an uncomfortable difference. I also just... The relationships, the way the the relationship stuff in this is so weird <laughs> because we the bad girl wants to date Ulrich, Yumi is dating Ulrich, and Millie is wants to take Ulrich to prom. Ulrich does has nothing going on. Um, there's Jeremy who is in love with the video game girl, wants to bring the video game girl out. Of the video game and date her. Um, and Odd just wants to be a furry. And Odd just wants to be a furry. The, Odd and Jeremy live together. Or no, Ulrich and Odd live together. Which is weird. That's like an offhand line. I don't know how that works. Well, there's students in the same school, so I imagine. I guess. They're but like, bunkmates. The, the other girl has a room to herself. Yeah, they mentioned so that like, she's a... Is Odd not a student? They mentioned that she's a day student, and apparently that means you don't get to room with Odd. 
What does that mean? What? Oh, and then uh, and then Yumi just lives in a house with her parents. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> France. Well, well, we'll just put every. We'll just put all the weirdness aside to be like, okay, think maybe things are like this in France. Yeah, I don't know um, the French school system. <clears throat> I guess every episode is going to end with like everybody almost dying, and then Alita like doing the tower thing where she saves everybody. Yeah, uh, except the stakes in episode two are far greater than they are even yes. with a rampaging Kanye West teddy bear in episode one. Yeah, so let's move on to episode two. Uh, immediately, Jeremy, at, there's a science teacher with a big beard. He looks like Riker from Star Trek. <laughs> he asks Jeremy about bringing... He, <laughs> he doesn't say it like this, but he's like, yo, can I bring my game video game girlfriend to life? <laughs> he he's like can i can i how tell me about materializing stuff from from videos something like that and the teacher's like fuck off kid i'm teaching them about reactors go away well yeah he was just like this is from fantasy and he was like oh and then everybody just laughs at him um <laughs> which seems like well not a great response but understandable if someone's asking how they can bring their bring a digital computer character to phys the physical realm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep going with the A plot because I want I to save the B plot for later because it's too good. <laughs> okay. Um, Jeremy goes back to his computer because uh, there's like power outages in the school. So he's like suspicious of the power outages. Um. And then he, like, logs onto his computer to check everything out. And, like, he's worried. And then his computer is, like, I guess his computer talks. So his computer's like, you know, if you have a problem, you can always talk to me about it. Thanks, computer. Well, that was Alita talking to him, so it... Was it Alita? Because it was a different voice. No, it was totally Alita. He's checking in on Alita there. Mmm, okay. Sure. Um... But yeah, the power red just turned out to be Xena. Xena is planning to blow up the fucking school. Well, more than the school, blowing up an entire nuclear reactor is going to... Yes! That's going to cause some serious fucking damage at a wide scale. Yeah, so they obviously go and try to stop this. Uh, there's like a decision later on where they... Just, they they're like, this is a nuclear reactor. Should we go to the cops? And then they vote to go to the cops um, with Alita's approval because she's like, I don't want I, I don't want people to die in, just so I can be safe in my video game world or whatever. Uh, so Yumi goes to the cops. She talks to the cops. The cops don't believe her. And then it cuts on her making like a fist motion like the <laughs> fucking Arthur meme. Yeah, like she's about to deck this cop. It's so weird. Because <laughs> she's like talking to the cops like, oh, there's this video game world. And they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just her getting mad at them. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the people who are in the game. Ulrich is in the game world now. He wasn't in there the first episode. His like, his His outfit is just like Japanese RPG weird 
costume weirdly appropriative um they find that they have trouble finding the tower they find the tower they fight some video game enemies a lot of this like a lot of the enemies are just boring so far they're just like boring generic video game characters in this one, it was a series of tall crabs that they tall crabs. had to and stab. Odd is, and Odd, yeah, and Odd is like, I hate those crabs when he gets hit. Odd fucking gets shot and leaves the game world. Because when you die, you just go back to the real world. Which I don't understand why you wouldn't just like respawn. Or just like go back immediately. Yeah, that... The way that they presented everything happening in the first episode, it seemed like if someone lost all their hit points, which they they call it HP basically, then they would die for real just because they put such a heavy emphasis on Odd trying to stay alive. Well, it's like he was trying to keep Leo alive. And she's when she's dead, she's just dead. Which I don't know how that makes sense, but I guess they I guess Alita doesn't have a body that she can instantly be dumped into. Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, they... Also... Oh, go ahead. It, go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, they end up... They end up finding the secret tower by jumping into a puddle that's nearby. And yeah. once they do that... The sequence seems to be every time you get to the first floor of the tower, you walk through the three rings, you fly up to the second floor, you type in the code, which is Lyoko, which is also the name of the world, so you're just typing the name of the world to deactivate these bombs. Is it the name of the world? Yeah. I, well, oh. Wikipedia calls it Lyoko, so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's also revealed that, like, Odds glove he odd has gloves and on the glove is just a picture of a cat. It's just the face of a cat on his gloves. Even though he always he 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 already has a tail and he already has cat abilities, but that wasn't enough. So they had to put like a cat on his glove. Really driving it home. Yeah, gotta love the furry representation. Um, I think that's it for the a plot. They saved the world. The world was about to blow up, and they saved it. And and then they rewind time, and nobody remembers it except for them. Yeah, um, as always. The B plot, though. What did you say? I said, yeah, as always. Yeah, the B plot is real good. The principal talks to. I think it's odd. Who it wants to start a band. The band is called uh, Pop Rock Progressives. Yes. Oh, and, and by the way, just to clarify something, there's clearly a voice actor change from episode one to two with Odd because he's a lot more. He's a lot lighter in episode one, his performance. It's very much like laser arrows. Ah. And in this one, when he's starting a band, he has a rougher edge to him, like, yeah, let's get this going. Pop rock progresses. Well, Jeremy's a bit different, too. Jeremy is much more nerdy. I feel like he sounded more normal in episode one. 
And then in episode two, he's just like, just a just the biggest nerd. It's <laughs> like, oh, I'm not into rock, you know. I'm just gonna go. Um, but yeah, pop rock progressives. Jeremy says I'm not into rock, and then goes to his computer. <laughs> um, the principal doesn't know what the name of the band is at first, and says Foxtrot Fanatics, which I thought was funny. That's a better name. That's straight up, that's a better name. Pop rock, pop rock progressives is good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, pretty good. And the big deal with this band is they got it made as a club, which means they have to allow anyone to try out if they want I to. I don't understand that. Just start a band. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need to make it an official club that... I guess they made it an official club thing so they could spend school time playing, which is fair. But I guess that means that the big twist of the episode is, uh oh, the bully girl Elizabeth is going to have one of her friends who is actually really good at drums come and try out, and there's no way they can say no if he's really good, which they should also not be saying no because. They're kids. They're all in the same class. They should just learn to get along. <laughs> but they they start threatening to break everything up if this kid gets chosen. Yeah. Well, it's mostly just Odd, because Odd has an ego and doesn't want the other kid to be, good, to be in the band. They have auditions, which I thought was really funny. They just have auditions for their band that's a club. But, like, they didn't record real drums for this. They just, like, had MIDI drums. So. <laughs> yeah, the kid who so ends up like... rocking the hell out. Well, there's two kids that end up rocking the hell out. And there's very the little difference kid, between the The first kid is, like, the first kid just, like, whams on the drums. But, like, you just hear a bunch of, like, drum noises happening simultaneously. <laughs> like, you would in a MIDI drum kit. And he's just like, oh, that was metal. There's something weird like that. Uh, and then the second kid, Naomi, is bad, so you just hear a bunch of random drum sounds. Um, and then the third kid, who is, like, the part of the bad group, who is actually good at the drums, just, like, does a beat, and it's fine. Um, but, yeah, the moral of the story is give people a chance with the drum. There's nothing actually wrong with this guy who wants to play the drums. He clearly just wants to play the drums and is, like, very quiet about it. And just wants to play the drums. Yeah, and ostensibly, Elizabeth is doing a good thing by bringing this kid by bringing this kid in and giving him a chance because he's clearly pretty sensitive about his having a, an opportunity to do something, and she's sitting there smiling as he gets the chance to do something. But because this show is the way that it is, it it has to frame that antagonistically just a bit. So the kids can learn to overcome being dickheads. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the other character that comes in the band auditions? Huh? Which? Oh, you mean the adult? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the Jim ends up coming in with a. It's Jim! Yeah. Jim's back! Jim's back with a trombone! Yeah, 
he comes in with the trumpo and and during this time when they're trying to do auditions, he's playing a bit out of sorts with everyone else. But then when everything gets reset and everything's okay, they work him in pretty well. Like, <laughs> surprisingly, this crappy preteen band does okay with the does okay with this other instrument. They could start a ska band. This is now a ska oh, band. Oh, no. <laughs> never mind. I ate Jim. <laughs> uh, I do like how, like, when they go to save the world, he's just like, no, don't go. You guys have to, you guys, you are not leaving until I get auditioned. This is happening. Jim is very passionate about the pop rock progressive. Yeah, he knows he has a talent and he wants to shine. Um, and yeah, the moral of the story is they let the kid play drums and everybody gets along. And the band sounds like bad, but in like the high school band sort of way, which I which was nice. It didn't like sound good. It just sounded like a band you would hear in high school with Jim on the trombone. Um. The lyrics are fairly clearly about Alita, like about some girl from a video game, which I thought was weird. <laughs> it's their way to pay respects to... Well, not pay respects, that makes it sound like he died. <laughs> it's their way of nodding towards Jeremy, like, hey, you're still our friend, even if you didn't want to play an instrument for our band. We're going to sing about our friend and your crush. Hope you like it. It's more than a crush. They blush at each other from the monitors. At that age, I think it's fair to call it a crush. But they're both consenting. Like, there's very clearly something happening. Sure, there's something clearly happening, but I'm uncomfortable thinking about anything other than crush because thinking about this kid wanting to fuck this computer is uncomfortable. Well... Get ready, because, like, this the thread goes, so it'll happen. <laughs> Wait, they actually fuck? No, but she goes into the real world at some point. Oh, yeah. Which you can assume that they just hang out and do stuff, so, you know, it's the, like, it's it's a relationship. I don't know. They're in, they're in high school love. Puppy love. Odd's guitar doesn't have a head on it. They just, like, didn't draw it. <laughs> like, how... That's not how guitar strings work. Maybe it was one of those guitars or a midi no, guitar. No, it had strings. It had strings. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing it like a guitar, and it didn't have a head on it. It really bugged me. So in conclusion, this show is a poor substitute for Kaon, which you should definitely watch. <laughs> but Kaon doesn't have Jim in it. True. Oh, the one crossover we need. Jim from Code Lyoko and Kaon. What would you call it? K Jim. That's the episode in, in short. <laughs> That's the What do you think? What did you think of the show? It's inoffensive. It's something that 
I could conceivably watch more of. Like, it's kind of fun to goof on, but I'm not really getting too much out of it other than that. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm seeing where young Ryan's idea of video games and women came from. Oh, dear. Where it's like, oh, I, you know, I could save women from the game world and it'll be, you know, that's just how women work. <laughs> Did you have any Code Lyoko fanfic when you were younger? No, but I was, I don't know. I was, I, I was a shitty boy, so... You know, a lot of attitudes about women and about, like, you know, I could just save him from the game world and she'll be my girlfriend. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Uh, but also, like, the idea that, like, you know, I was, like, a, I was a gamer when I was a kid. So the idea of, like, games mattering... And like life or death situations appealed to me. Why are you making that face? I just think this is funny. Sorry. <laughs> it's both funny and cute. Where like you go, you like you have your like real life and then you have the game world that's basically a video game, and then you do cool stuff in it and then you change the world. That's cool. Oh, so it's ready cool player one. No. Ready player one. It's about a kid who escapes his mundane real-life life and goes into the virtual world where he is a champion and star and saves people and gets women. But they're not champions here. They're just kids playing a video game. And nobody knows that they're saving the world. And that there's no, like, nostalgia. They're just playing, like, an Xbox game. <laughs> like, it looks just like an Xbox game. Yeah, I, I guess that's... I guess that's a fair enough defense. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I'm just saying that at the time, this is what I liked. I liked the kids like having an adventure in a video game that looked like Fusion Frenzy. Well, Fusion Frenzy's pretty great, so... <laughs> well, no, it's not... Why did I say that? It's not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> Fusion Frenzy is pretty great. Put it on the box. can add that to the xbox one re-release they have fusion frenzy is on there no, i said they could add that quote there <laughs> okay um is there anything else you want to mention no not really okay do you want to keep watching this show i guess i could be down for two more episodes yeah just to okay. see what happens we'll see where it, we'll see where it goes hopefully it goes somewhere there's like 80 episodes of the, of this thing. Hopefully, within the next two episodes, they'll explain what is happening at nope. all. Nope. <laughs> Do they ever explain? No. I feel it. There might be lore. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. There's a live action show that we could watch at some point. But, like, I don't know. Leak. I don't know. I don't remember. Leoko lore, Leorko. No. Code no. Code no code. <laughs> code episode N code. What? 
I don't know. You can cut that. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it. <laughs> Fuck! Stop saying that. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, to all the listeners of this brand new podcast. Don't apologize. I'm just going to make it work. You're just going to stretch this out. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's do it. Let's do a segment. Okay. Let's. This is completely separate from the show we are watching. This is this is our Nick Arcade blurb of the week. Okay. <laughs> uh, Amazon has seasons of Nick Arcade on Prime that you can just watch. Uh, the blurbs are really, really well written in a way that, like, it shouldn't be allowed to be up there, but it still is. So, each week I'm going to read one, because they're special. Um, so this is for the first episode of Nick Arcade. The title of the episode is Brian and Amy versus Nicole and Richard. The description is, a contestant named Nicole goes inside of a video game and has to jump over virtual rats in an attempt to win a set of encyclopedias. Host Phil Moore makes no attempt to confront her that this isn't worth the trouble. Well, he has to move those encyclopedias somehow, and might as well just shove them onto a kid. Yeah, what? That is such a lame gift as a kid. A bunch of encyclopedias. Well, you get to be in a video game. Isn't that every kid's dream, being a video game? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know a very specific kid named Brian who seemed to be pretty into the idea <laughs> five minutes ago. But, like, it's, like, I didn't read as a kid, so, like, encyclopedias? What is that going to do? Why, that's not a like a good like a prize to give someone. Maybe like the first episode, they didn't have anything else, so they just had random encyclopedias laying around. <laughs> they're just like, here, have some. Well, as long as they're right, they're the right edition. That could that kid could have a very useful tool when playing Cartman San Diego. Why? Because that game was all about looking up things up in an actual um, encyclopedia. To find out where Carmen San Diego went each time. Okay. Like the very I first game scratch. came with a encyclopedia. Okay. I believe you. But if it came with an encyclopedia, then you don't need more encyclopedias. You always need more encyclopedias. Why? Why though? Especially not now. In the 90s, I bet it was different. But... Yeah. Nowadays we have much more useful things like the hotly contested Wikipedia entries for Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> yep. They should have just gave her a big book about Shadow. <laughs> uh. uh but yeah, that's that's an episode. We did it. We did. Do we do any sort of plugs right. or anything like that? Yeah, I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug right now. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to milk at com. You can rate and review this show on iTunes. That'll help with the ratings, I guess. 
visibility. It'll help gain an audience, I've heard. You can find our website at OperationSerial.com, uh, and you can find us on Twitter at OperationSerial. Jen, do you want to plug your stuff? Um, I'm on Twitter at JBU3. I mostly have articles and podcasts on Scanline Media, like this podcast, and Oops All Anime, which is a Patreon-exclusive show. Um, you can reach that by going to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And I also do a podcast for Abnormal Mapping called Novel Not New, a true end podcast, which you can get to by going to readinggames.online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RyanPersadMC. That's R-Y-A-N-P-R-S-A-U-D-M-C. I host a podcast called Fireside Friends. That's my other podcast. You find that at FiresideFriends.net. That's with my friends Alan and Katie. We record once a month about pop culture and all that stuff. And it's a good time. And that's a show. Um, Shoutouts to uh, the people who did the artwork and such. Um, our intro and outro themes were done by Two Mellow, who you can find on Twitter at Mellow Makes. That's M E L L O Makes. Uh, and then the podcast art was done by Katie Marie, who you can find on Twitter at Cedar Grave. That's C E D A R Grave. Um, we need a sign off. We need a sign off for the show. Uh huh. I was thinking, I was. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking because the the outro music, which is very good, it's also very dramatic. I was thinking we could do like a hot take and then sign off. So like the music would build up, and then I would be like, "Mario Odyssey is boring," and then the music would play. Okay. Well, do you have a hot take for this time? Because I'm pretty fresh out of them. All right. Mario Odyssey is boring. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no debate, no anything, just bye. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the hot take. <laughs>